0: thank you for tuning in to our podcast salt and light where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of jesus christ enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen so let's go check the facts with your host also known as my dad casey harrison Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Ministries. This is the Five Thirteen Project, where we boldly illuminate genetically altered Christianity and replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now we've been going through the Book of Matthew, Matthew one one and Matthew one two. What we learned about in Matthew chapter one verse one is that the origin story of Jesus Christ is what's coming up next, and how that applied to our lives is. If we can find the origin story of whatever issue it is that we're dealing with, it's going to lead us to how we can respond to a situation instead of react. Then the next week was Matthew chapter 1, verse 2. And here, God told us about purpose, the product, the production, and praise. If you walk in your purpose that God gave you, and you'll receive the promise. God will then give you the product of the promise, and He'll produce the fruit of the Spirit of that promise in your lives. Then you get the opportunity to return the praise that God gave you in the beginning of all of it. By producing security, blessings, and love through the spirit of promise, which you received from the product of redemption, because you started walking in the purpose that God gave you. The same way that Jesus walked on this earth. John 5.19 Most assuredly I say to you that the Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He sees the Father do. For whatsoever He does, the Son also does in like manner. Now today we're going to dive into Matthew 1.3. And in Matthew 1.3, it's another part of the genealogy. So we're going to learn more about the origin story of Christ. Let's read Matthew one three. Judah begot Perez and Zayar by Tamar. Perez begot Herzon and Herzon begot Ram. Now, the first observation I can make in the scripture is there are six names mentioned, but today we're only going to have time to talk about four of those names Judah, Tamar, Perez, and Zerah. I also see that the first three sons of Judah are not even mentioned in the origin story of Jesus. Those three are Ur, Anan, and Selah which gives me questions. Why were they not in the origin story of Jesus? The next question is, how do the lives of these people mentioned explain the origin story of Jesus? And then of course, how does this apply to our relationship with God and our relationship with others? Well, let's dive into a couple of these characters. First, we see Judah. And Last week we learned that the name Judah means praise. Judah's one of 12 brothers which make up the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah also had three sons by his wife, a Canaanite woman in Shua, Ur, Onan, and Selah. They were the three sons born of a conventional means, meaning both were born within wedlock. Then Judah arranged a marriage between his firstborn Ur and Tamar. Genesis 38.7 says, Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him. Well, that explains why Ur didn't get an invite to the origin story of Jesus. Because it takes a lot for God to call you wicked. And God doesn't tolerate wicked. So no wonder Ur didn't get a shout out. And one thing to remember is according to the Hebrew law, when a woman's husband dies, if there's no heir to the family she would marry the next son in line to conceive a child. But that child would be considered the child of the first husband. In this case, Tamar was sent to Onan to marry and conceive a child, and that child would be credited to Ur. Well, that didn't make Onan very happy. And I know this because of Genesis 38, 9. But Onan knew that the heir would not be his. And it came to pass when he went to his brother's wife that he emitted on the ground lest he should give an heir to his brother. I know that seems a little graphic. But that action had a consequence. And that consequence can be found in Genesis 38:10. And the thing which he did displeased the Lord; therefore, he killed him also. So now Onan lost his shot to be in the origin story of Jesus as well. Remember the Hebrew law, Er and Onan are both dead. Now there's only one son left. So Selah is supposed to marry Tamar, but Selah's too young to marry. So Judah makes Tamar a promise in Genesis 38, 11. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow in your father's house till my son Selah is grown. So she goes to her father's house. Time passes and Selah comes of age to be married. But Judah doesn't send Selah to Tamar. Now keep in mind, Judah knows the Hebrew law. It's up to the man of the house to enforce the Hebrew law as well. Yet Judah made a choice to ignore it. And If you're wondering where I see that, look at Genesis 38, 13. Now keep in mind, Judah's wife has died by this point, And he's gone through the mourning process. And now he's traveling into the city of Timnah. And he's going there to conduct some business, to shear his sheep and get his wool. That's when Genesis 3813 happens, and it was told to Tamar, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's garment, covered herself with a veil, and wrapped herself, and sat in an open place which was on the way to Timnah. For she saw that Selah was grown, and she was not given to him as a wife. And Tamar knows what her job is. Tamar knows the role of a woman in the Hebrew culture. First and foremost, she's supposed to give an heir to her husband's bloodline so it can continue on. In fact, that's one of the most important roles of a wife in those days. You have to keep the lineage moving. She's determined to do her job and honor her husband. Although he was a wicked man, she's considered to be a righteous woman. And we'll see that later. So what does Tamar do? She goes and she plays the role of a harlot. Today's term would be a prostitute, knowing that she could face death if anybody ever found out. And how would anybody find out? If she conceived a child. So she stands out there. Judah passes by. He sees her. He asks if he could have relations with her. And Tamar's kind of smart because she gets Judah to give her something that only Judah could give, his signet, his cord and his staff. These items are unique to Judah and his role in his family. They're personal items of Judah's. Now she was supposed to keep these until the next day, until Judah could send out some send her a payment in the form of livestock. And she was supposed to keep these as collateral for her services in the bedroom. Read Genesis 38, 16 through 18. So Judah and Tamar, they do the deed, they complete the transaction. Judah leaves, Tamar disappears. The servant can't find her the next day. And that transaction resulted in Tamar getting pregnant. Now skip down to Genesis 38, 24. Judah's told that Tamar has played the harlot and she's pregnant. Now Judah's ticked off. He's angry. He issues an order to bring her out and have her burned. Remember, it's his job to enforce the law, the same law that he broke, by the way, by not sending Selah to Tamar. And this is where Tamar's cleverness really shows through, as well as her commitment to Judah's family. Look at Genesis 38:25. When she was brought out, she sent to her father-in-law saying, by the man whom these belong, I am with child. And she said, please determine whose these are. And it was the signet, cord, and staff. Here's where Judah gets reality checked in the very next verse. So Judah acknowledged them and said, She has been more righteous than I because I did not give her to Selah, my son. She ends up being the righteous one over the man that was supposed to enforce righteousness. Why did I give you this whole backstory of Judah and Tamar? Three points. The first point is if you don't protect your purpose, you'll lose your promise. Ur and Onan had the promise of Abraham. They were involved in being a part of a great nation, of the blessing of God, the promise to be blessed. Instead, they took for granted what they'd been given, and they used it in a way that resulted in their death. How many times have we as Christians took for granted the gifts of redemption that Jesus died on the cross to give us? We take it for granted when we place other people, other places, and other things ahead of our relationship with God all the time. You can find time to watch the game, but you can't find time to read the word of God. You're taking it for granted. You know more about the players on your favorite team and their stats, and you don't even have access to them. You know more about them than you do about the God who served us on a cross and gave us access that we would never have without him. Freely given access In fact, I dare you, just try approaching a pro athlete or any celebrity and I bet you'll be taken down in an instant. No access. Not unless you have a personal relationship with them already. But Jesus says, come to me all who are tired and I'll give you rest. In fact, Jesus even offers for you to learn of him. You're now blessed because of the origin story of Jesus Christ and the promise God made to Abraham. The promise of full access and the opportunity for a relationship with Him. Yet most Christians don't protect that promise and never walk in their inheritance as a child of God. I wonder how many people die prematurely because of it. So that's the first point. Protect your purpose in the same way Tamara protected hers and preserve your promise from God. The second point is that while you're protecting your purpose, you will be wronged. You're going to get hurt. People will hurt you. You can see this in the life of Tamar. Her purpose was to secure an heir for her husband. But her husband was so wicked that God killed him. And by the way, God killing people isn't really outside of his character when he considers them wicked. Go to the New Testament and check out Ananias and Sapphira. That was after Jesus died on the cross. So just keep that in mind. But God killed Ur. His wickedness and his lack of honor for his wife hurt his wife Tamar. It hurt her purpose. I mean, it had to hurt Tamar. Think about it. If someone cheated on you, would you get hurt? I'm not saying that's what Ur did. I don't have any scripture to back that up. But I do know that that's one of the things that God qualifies as wicked, along with sleeping around, which is cheating on your spouse. Other things that would consider you to be wicked in the eyes of God would include having sex with the same gender, running towards something you know is wrong, planning on ways of cheating other people, then following through on cheating others. The Bible goes as far as to say rape. And you can see all this in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. God destroyed two whole cities because he saw the wickedness there. Basically, Ur wronged Tamar. Ur hurt Tamar. And then Onan hurt Tamar. Onan went as far as to take the pleasure of sleeping with her, but refused to give her access to her purpose and give her a child. And then the man of the house who was supposed to enforce the law wronged Tamar as well. He made a promise and he didn't follow through with it. He promised his son, Selah, to Tamar. In fact, he made the promise in a way of, if you'll just go back to your father's house and wait, once my son's of age, I'll give him to you. But once Tamar went back to her father's house, it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind situation. At least that's what I think. Judah never followed through with his promise. That action added a barrier to Tamar's purpose. Judah wronged Tamar. This is just one story of someone being wronged in the Bible. So you can expect that someone's going to hurt you, someone is going to wrong you as you walk in your purpose. And if you think that walking in righteousness is easy, you're in the wrong walk. It's simple, but I hope most people listening to this understand that simple rarely means easy. I mean, it wasn't easy for Jesus. Jesus was constantly undermined, questioned. In fact, they even try to stone him at times. Jesus was wronged so many times on so many different occasions. In fact, the cross was just one of them. He went to the cross and bore all the sin of the world. A sinless man became sin itself. I'd say Jesus was wronged. And if Jesus is persecuted to that extent, what makes you think you're going to escape it? In fact, you should expect persecution. Persecution. You should expect someone to cuss you out because you're standing up for the Word of God. You should expect people to devise plans to undermine your faith. Expect to be ridiculed. Expect for people to hurt you. Expect it to happen, that way you're not surprised when it does. Expect your purpose to invite exposure. Because at the same time someone's taking a swing at you, they're leaving themselves wide open for God to take a swing at them. So that's the second point. Protect your purpose, and you will be wronged expect it. I did some stupid things when I was in the Navy. I was young and dumb. I went to a party for one of my buddies that was graduating A school in the Navy and he was getting his first assignment. Now keep in mind that I'd really never been drunk at this point. I've been tipsy, but I'd never been drunk. So I took a fifth of vodka, downed it, and passed out. And I didn't show up for duty the next day. So I couldn't serve at my post. Got in a lot of trouble. I went through what they call Captain's Mass, which is where they reprobate you. So, And I had to go to a place called Restriction. Not quite the brig, but it's kind of the in-between. And while I was there, I reclaimed who I was in Jesus Christ. I knew I'd messed up, so I started to read my Bible every single day. And the joy of the Lord just really filled me up. And God's who got me through all of that. There was this one guy that once he saw me with a Bible in my hand, every day he would cuss me out he would ridicule me he told me i was good for nothing and a hypocrite because i'm in restriction in the same way he is and my response was you're right i am here jesus loves you and i love you and i'd walk off this happened over 30 days in a row constant verbal ridicule from this guy well he was there for about three times as long as i was supposed to be there so when my day came to leave restriction He actually approached me, and I thought, hey, here we go again. I'm going to get cussed out before I leave. But the strangest thing happened. He came to me and said, I've been ridiculing you and cussing you out every day, but you haven't changed one bit. In fact, it seems like you only got nicer. I want what you have. For over 30 days, he had been taking a swing at me, but God had been taking a swing at him, and he gave his life to the Lord that day. That was a blessing, which leads me into point number three. God will replace what's taken away from you when you've been wronged. God will give you back what you should have had to begin with. You see, I expected this guy to ridicule me every day. And in the end, he asked for forgiveness. That was such a blessing to me, just as much a blessing for me as it was for him, because he was the first person, at least the first person I know about, whose life was impacted from my walk with God, from my relationship with God. You wanna talk about the joy of the Lord? (laughs) I had it. The moment he gave his life to Christ, I got so much joy out of that. And it was such a blessing to be a part of seeing him get saved. I can't even describe the feeling. Joy doesn't even cover it. That's my experience. In the scriptures, Tamar's experience is very similar. Because she was wronged by Ur and Onan. They didn't give her a child. And keep in mind, it's not that she wasn't capable of getting pregnant. Because God's always clear in the scriptures as to when a woman is not capable of getting pregnant. If you need an example of that, go check out Abraham's wife, Sarah. She said God's forbidden her from having a child. That's why she sent in Hagar to Abraham. God never said that about Tamar. Tamar which implies that Ur was not doing his job. And scripture's pretty clear, if I dare say graphic, about Onan not doing his. Scripture's also clear about the lengths in which a person has to go sometimes to protect their purpose. Because Tamar took some extravagant lengths, and she was counted as righteous, more so than Judah. And what did Tamar get in the end? She got blessed double. Because when she conceived by Judah, she received Perez and Zerah. You know, Jesus took a lot of persecution as well. And he was blessed after he was wronged. Revelation 19, 16. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now the blessing Jesus got isn't just a title, but with that title comes the inclusion of a family. Because everyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ and believes in Him has eternal life as an adopted child of God, making us brothers and sisters to Jesus. That's why Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, because He's the big king, big K. As adopted children, we're little kings, little Ks, little lords. That's what gave Paul the ability to say that he counts it all as a blessing. All the persecution he went through, he counted it as a blessing. He understood that people wronging him was gonna be a normal occurrence. And he also understood that that just meant his blessings from God were just gonna increase at an exponential rate. And it's pretty evident to see today. Paul didn't get a chance to see this. Over 2,000 years later, people are still talking about the accomplishments of Jesus Christ through the letters of Paul. Paul now has a legacy. And for people from Paul's day, that's one of the greatest blessings that they could get, to be remembered. So keep that in mind when people do you wrong. Look towards heaven because that's where your help comes from. And that's where all good and perfect things come from. And those things are the things you're going to need and eventually want. And every single one of those things are going to be used to further God's word because that's going to be your desire you just have the opportunity and the blessing of reaping the overflow of those blessings of being used by God in the same way that Tamar received an overflow blessing by getting twins and another way Tamar received a blessing was because of her action she got included in the origin story of Jesus Christ so let's recap Judah begat Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Herzon, and Herzon begot Ram. The three takeaways from today about when you're walking in your purpose, you have to protect that purpose. You have to expect to be hurt and wronged while protecting that purpose and enjoy the blessings that God gives you in response to the pain that that purpose has brought on you. Now I want to pray for everybody that's listening. Father, thank you for every single person that's listening to this podcast right now. Thank you for opening up their ears and opening up their eyes so they can hear and they can see exactly what you want them to hear and see. And I ask that this scripture take root in their hearts today. Help them to grow the backbone of expecting to be hurt by other people. Help them grow the backbone to be able to protect the purpose that you've given them, to guard their hearts against every wicked thing that the devil's going to throw at them. Lord, I ask that you help them to see the blessings that come because of the pain that they're going through. Help them to understand the impact that they're going to have on people's lives around them and to walk out that righteousness with you. I pray for those extended blessings that overflow out of their cup so that when anyone sees them, they know there's something different about this person. I'm also asking that for my life as well as the life of my family. Help all of us to walk in a righteous stance with you. Help all of us to walk in righteousness with you, in right standing. Continue guiding our steps and giving us the strength to take the first one. We love you, Lord. And I ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Salt and Light Ministries. Feel free to click the link in the description below, as well as there is new merchandise. There's also a link in the description. You can click on that if you're interested in different hoodies and a way to wear your witness and walk it out. And next week, we're actually going to continue on this scripture and go into the next one, hopefully, because there's a couple of names we didn't have a chance to get to this week. So I hope you tune in. And until then, be bold, be strong and be blessed.